Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very much for joining us today. And we have, am I, I've got a different partner in crime today, uh, and that's our uh, exec director for uh, HR Tech Advisory, Max Bailey. Max, good to have you on again, sir. Hi, Chris. Great to, great to see you again. And Andrew, great to see you as well. Yes, leading us into our special guest for the day, and that's uh, Andrew Holmes, who's once again joined us from Skillsoft. So if you are regular listeners to the podcast, you'll know that Andrew joined us last year, and we talked a little bit around some of the kind of interesting stuff that's happened over the COVID period with regards to online learning and development. And we wanted to get Andrew on today in 2021, because the guys at Skillsoft have produced uh, quite an interesting report, which you can download, and I'm sure we'll put something in the show notes, which is called Lean Into Tech. So it's a, a 2020 tech skills trends and 2021 predictions. And I wanted to get Andrew on, and Max and I wanted to get Andrew on today, just so that we can have a, a little bit of a chat about that. But before we go into the, the details on that, Andrew, do you, do you want to just give us a little bit of a top line on yourself and also Skillsoft for those who might not have listened to the previous podcast? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And thanks ever so much for having me back on a year later I think it's certainly been a year that few of us could have predicted. So <laughs> there's been plenty, plenty of change, plenty to react to that I'm really looking forward to discussing in this in this report that we've produced. But yeah, so my name is Andrew Holmes, and uh, I'm a tech technology specialist at Skillsoft. And Skillsoft are really involved in helping companies upskill their workforce through our digital platform, which is called Percipio. That covers a multitude of areas. So we help companies develop capabilities in, in business, in leadership, and, and, and technology. Um, and that's delivered through our, our, our AI-based platform, which helps drive the learning experience for large enterprises and, and contains a lot of uh, functionality and features that allows them to, to match our course content to the skills that they're looking to gain and provides them with a lot of learning journeys to develop their career paths as well. Yeah, I was going to say my role is to work with the, the technology heads typically to help them understand what sort of skills around data, security and digital that they, that they need to, to attain. Let's talk, let's, let's delve into the report then. I just wanted to get a bit of a top line view from you on the detail of the report, but also specifically why you guys decided that you wanted to put it together and, and just share with our, our listeners a little bit of the the top nine kind of findings from it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the report that we've produced is really looking at what is the learning consumption across 2020 and what are the skills, particularly with regards to technology, that companies have been investing in? Where are their focus areas and where are they placing their bets when it comes to the roles, the critical competencies and technology skills that are that are important to them? So we've analysed millions of, of learner hours of data we had more than six and a half million visits to our platform during the last 12 months. 
and we, we we've drawn some conclusions from from that data. But how it's really come about is that I think customers were were asking us and telling us that technology is much more of a central driver to their to their business success now. It's impacting everything from customer experience, from supply chains to helping them drive efficiencies. So if those organisations want to use their tech talent as a competitive advantage, they need to be quite proactive and they need to be quite deliberate about the bets that they make in terms of the roles they they hire for and the skills they're looking to develop. So they came to us and said, what can you give us as leading insights? What are the big industry trends? What are the skills that people are investing in? Because we need to pre-skill our employees. We need to think two or three years out and we need to be investing in those skills now. So really our customers were very, very hungry for more insights so they could plan their learning programs, plan their skills development. And I think at the same time, candidly, we realized that we were you know, sat on this mountain of incredibly valuable data uh, from millions of learning hours from our customers. And we thought that would be really valuable. So kind of in the spirit of wanting to be more than a platform provider we wanted to be an hr partner we wanted to be a solutions provider we created our own data analytics team um, and i'm really excited by some of the things that they're doing for our customers and and andrew i guess i have to ask technologies such a such a broad church particularly as as the technology evolves we see move to cloud digital etc while still all of the old premise skills still being required in many places um so i have to ask were there particular areas that you could identify that were the hot skills of the future or that people were most interested in companies were most interested in skilling their their folks up in yeah ab- absolutely max um so i think one of the great outputs of the report is that we're able to see you know exactly where organizations are spending their time and exactly what sort of skills that their people are, uh, are looking for. Um, so probably the first big insight is just the absolute volume of increase of learning that took place in 2020. That should be no surprise given that we lived most of it through a pandemic. So people were were moved to home, um, some were furloughed and given opportunities to do learning. So there was, there, you know, there was a number of factors that happened that would ordinarily occasion a huge increase in learning, but we, we saw a 52% increase in year over, over 2019. The amount of technology skills learning was done. More than half of those top courses that were consumed were around this concept of, of, of being agile. So both from a, a software development and a DevOps perspective, but also companies using this theme of agile and really applying that across various business divisions now. So whether that's an agile mindset or new agile ways of working. So that was probably one of the huge takeaways from the report is just how much organizations are investing in agile methodologies to meet business demand. That seems to be the only way that companies are thinking about moving fast enough to, to meet and catch up with what the business is expecting of them. Yeah, and it's interesting that we're seeing that I think in with our clients as well, much more outs much more use of agile outside of the traditional software development life cycle, but moving into, you know, the way that you uh, define operating models, the way that you um, even deliver HR services in some clients where they where they're building agile teams based around small, reasonably short sprints for sprints for delivering specific eight 
HR outcomes. Absolutely, and I think you know, I think another another big takeaway was just how much is being invested around, for example. Python, which is a programming language, but when you look under the covers and find out what are those organizations using Python for, and when you think that the next biggest search term after Python is Excel, you realize that actually a lot of organizations are using Python to do much more with their data. And this is a broad shift within organizations that does not just apply to the IT department. We're seeing this concept of organizations building this data literacy and this data competency right across their workforce. Um, so there may be people within the IT function that are programming in Python, but increasingly people within lines of business are using tools for data visualization, data interpretation, and that's involving elements of, of using Python for scripting. Um, so I think that broad shift to everybody becoming uh, more fluent in data. And we're seeing this term spring up called citizen data scientists. Um, so that sort of activity that was maybe once the preserve of the IT department in analyzing the data, producing reports has become much more democratized. So a big, a big shift is absolutely everybody within the organization becoming more data literate and learning to an extent some of these technologies like Python. I think partly that could be linked to the the previous theme you mentioned around agile. I mean, with what we've been seeing in our clients is a is a huge increase in the demand on the HR organization for a clean set of people data. And whilst many of our clients are now looking at refreshing their systems or migrating to a more consolidated cloud platform to give them a single set of data to work from, in the interim, there's it's, I think it's fair to say there's been a number of cottage industries and in most organizations have sprung up around getting to a clean HR data set, and I'm sure in other functions as well. And I suspect that's why we're seeing both the use of the agile methodology outside of immediately IT, but also the, the increase in, as you said, the citizen data scientist. So did you see, or did you also see an increase perhaps in skills around networking, infrastructure, keeping keeping everyone on teams? <laughs> so so we did. In, in fact, we had about a you know a three times increase in completion rate for networking and infrastructure. And I, and I think there's some reasons for that, both at a kind of a micro, but, but at a macro level as well. So in one sense, it was a year where a lot of the big infrastructure providers you know, such as Cisco actually came out with new exams and new certification paths around infrastructure. So that occasioned a lot of people studying for those exams and wanting to refresh their certifications. But I think there was this broader shift as well, um, at a, more at a macro level where infrastructure was getting renovated by these organizations. There are people um, increasingly moving to cloud services, new roles springing up, cloud operations, um, security in the cloud. So I think 2020 was very much the year where organizations did decide that they were going to really kind of renovate the core of their of their of their infrastructure. And we saw therefore a, a huge increase in kind of public cloud adoption. Uh, many applications that would maybe would have lived 
on-premise or in a private cloud getting moved to, to public cloud. And that that occasioned quite a big jump in, in infrastructure type skills. And uh, do you know one of the things that, that is in the report, which I thought was, um, it's a catchy headline, but actually is, is worth talking about, is this upskilling versus hiring. And one of the questions I guess I've got for you is, is upskilling the new hiring? I guess that's a leading question, really, given that you're an online skills training platform. And I think, you know, I know what direction you're going to go in, but I do find it fascinating that what you're talking about there with businesses having to look across their whole organization and start to look from the data side, for example, starting to look at reskilling people in different areas. There is a question, isn't there, around at what point do we hire in new skills where, where we need new skills? And what point do we just retrain those skills, I think? Yeah, it's a really interesting question that a lot of organizations are wrestling with. I think from the report, one of the really interesting findings is that I've said we had this massive increase, more than 50% increase in the amount of learning that was done uh, in terms of increasing skills development. Over that same period during the pandemic, we actually saw a 36% decrease in job postings as companies became a little bit more conservative about was there a recession in ahead? What, how are we going to come out of this pandemic? So there was conservatism around going out and hiring into organizations. So you have this situation where people potentially had the tools and the time to increase their skills, but there was more conservatism around going out and hiring new positions. So that kind of created a situation where upskilling and what we're also calling pre-skilling, so get, getting your teams ready for what you anticipate will be the key roles, became very, very important to organizations. I think one of the surprising findings when we look at some of the roles that are coming out, you know, particularly in the digital space, we saw that those roles, when we put them onto our platform, had some of the highest usage, even though they maybe only went on two months before the end of the year. So here I'm thinking of things like um, site reliability engineers within IT. So this mixing of software development operations in, into one role. So these are roles where there isn't really a marketplace of skills readily available to go out and hire. So organizations are having to, to retrain their people very, very quickly to fulfill these roles. And of course, automation, which is going to be uh, absolutely huge uh, in the next couple of years, is creating more opportunities. So as some roles become automated, what we're finding is that some of the most innovative and effective companies are thinking very strategically about how they redeploy that workforce. They're not just using it as an opportunity to reduce headcount and make a one-time cost saving. They're thinking about how can they reskill those roles to do something more with perhaps the data that the automation is, is giving them. Yeah, and I guess we'll, we've also seen um, an increase in the, I guess, the question around what will the cloud support model look like for organizations as they move to the cloud. And I know the, there's, at least with the clients we're working with, there's a huge intent to reskill folks to be cloud ready. And I think that's probably reflected in some of what you're seeing in your, in your numbers. There's also always the question of, you know, if someone has been doing on-premise for the last 20 years as part of the IT organization, will they, you know, can they make that leap to cloud 
the skills are very different, the behaviors are very different. You may sit in, in the HR organization versus IT, for example, particularly in the more functional areas. I guess in your in your analysis, are you seeing anything that leads you to believe certain profiles are more ready to make that transition than others? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point, and we're certainly seeing organizations get themselves cloud ready. There's a lot of cloud migration activities taking place. And I think I think the skills that organizations are looking for are fundamentally different now. They're, they're focusing less on what I would call siloed skills. So if you were an application programmer that looked after SAP, there is a much greater focus on this idea of being um, much more digitally literate. So having the ability to work across multiple state stakeholders, take beginning being able to take ownership, having that growth or what's 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 called as an agile agile mindset. So really the kind of the core competencies, they're not restricted to IT. These are core competencies across all functions, which is digital dexterity, which is agile. Um, virtual collaboration skills. These are these are the real um, kind of almost like the softer skills that organisations are looking for across all of their employees, whether they live in tech, whether they live in finance, HR, or whatever, whatever corporate function. These are the areas that they're looking for for people to be adaptable enough to be able to do whatever they're doing today and then take that into the cloud. What's the best way of of upskilling people on these softer skills though because when they are those more intangibles it's a real challenge for businesses surely i mean it's not exactly like some of the what we'd call harder skills where you're effectively you know here's a course away you go learn all the nuts and bolts of this particular system and you're done like i don't know if you've got a proper answer to that but please feel free to crack on either of you guys but how does a business go about bringing those type of skills into an organization or developing those skills within their people when there's potentially questions, there might be questions over the physical capability of some of the people. Can you even upskill some people from that perspective? I just say, I think definitely you can, but typically you need to start with some sort of baseline and assessment. Some some folks may be more suited to developing that digital dexterity, as Andrew called it, than others. You know, and, and that comes back to people's behavioral style, their personality style. So, you know, if someone spent the last 20 years writing COBOL, are they about to become an agile project manager, scrum master, business analyst? Possibly less so. Are there cloud skills around Java that they could transfer? Absolutely, yes. So I think it's about finding the development pathway for each of the individuals within your pool and having access to something like Skillsoft to help develop them, but through a structured learning pathway. Andrew, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously that was going to be my answer. That uh, that licensing the Skillsoft platform is 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 a hundred percent of what you need to get there. But I think I think in all seriousness, you know, the overarching theme to that is company culture. So you know, if your company culture is one of inclusivity, if if it is one of um, adaptability, then the the these are the the foundational starting points for employees to understand that embracing these types of things 
it's going to be easier. So if you if you change your leadership to be to be more inclusive, remove that fear of failure, almost encourage that, you know, as they say, kind of experimental design thinking, more innovation where failure is seen as a part of progress. Failure is not seen as a, as a negative. If you can establish that in your company culture through your leadership, then you'll find that is easier to permeate down to across all, all of your employees. So I think that that's where we see kind of companies making the biggest jumps here. And that can that can sometimes be difficult for the more traditional industries or traditional companies that have been around um, 100 years or so, more so than the newer kind of companies, tech companies that have that have come to the fore over the last kind of five, ten, or, or twenty years. So, but that that's really how we see companies um, addressing that. It's getting that leadership element right and embracing the new elements of being a leader, which is more about collaboration. It's about care. It and it's a, but it's about innovation as well. Yeah, I think you make a, that's an interesting point you, that you made there about you know some organisations that perhaps have got literally decades or even hundreds of years worth of culture or embedded within the organisation. It's it, it it can be a bit like turning an oil tanker with some of these businesses, and then you've got these younger businesses that don't have that historical legacy of you know an embedded culture that can perhaps shift themselves a little, a little bit easier. But I just wanted to talk about your predictions, because in the report, you made some 2021 predictions, and um, I think we touched on one or two of them just uh, as we've been talking about it. But is there anything that you can pick out for us from the report in terms of the uh, the predictions that you guys made? Yeah, I think you know to, uh, to reinforce a couple of points that we've made already, absolutely agile is out of the IT department. It has emerged as a core competency for all functions across the business. So we see companies continue to invest in that. Uh, we see companies continuing in 2021 to pursue this idea of um, digital dexterity for all. Uh, that will be the, the successful employee, the multi-skilled, able to operate in a number of different worlds. Um, and then I think added to that, we're going to see things like security become integrated into, into all of an organization's practices rather than just driven from a, from a single function. Teams are not getting bigger, though, uh, in terms of security. So that's that's going to be almost like a mentality and a mindset, particularly now that we have hybrid working. Um, so the integration of security into all walks of uh, the enterprise and absolutely automation is going to become, I think, a key differentiator. So whether that's through cloud services or, or whatever types of systems that you're running, those companies that can automate most effectively and automate the fastest are going to be able to pull away in terms of driving competitive advantages. So we certainly see organizations pursuing that. And then the key question becomes with what what do you reskill people to? Uh, and those that, that solve that effectively, I think, are going to be the companies that really thrive as we come out of this pandemic period. And lots of nodding there from Max. So I think Max is uh, in violent agreement there. <laughs> 
Cool. So we're reaching towards the end of, of the podcast today, but I just wanted to take just a couple of minutes, Andrew, just to ask you about any other interesting things that or exciting things that you wanted to mention that are on the horizon for Skillsoft or any exciting sort of developments that you've had. Because I appreciate this is a, we, we're talking about a 2021 trends report, but we're already a third of the way into it. A, sorry, a quarter mm-hmm. into the year. So um, anything that you want to kind of highlight to our listeners? Yeah, look, there's lots of great things happening at um, at Skillsoft. We're, we're delighted to be going public in the in the second quarter and uh, listed on the on the New York Stock Exchange. We've been building in a lot of features into our platform in response to the pandemic. So, um, when organisations could no longer avail of classroom training or not so easily avail of classroom training, of course, we've built in some uh, some virtual capability for organisations to deliver one-to-one face-to-face training via our platform. We've increased tenfold the number of boot camps that we're offering to to the market um, just to allow people to get that experience of personal one-to-one learning interactive learning where they, where they still want it that's been that's been hugely popular we've had a 200% growth rate in in the number of people attending our virtual boot camps uh, with an mps score of an average mps score of 71 so we're really happy about that and most most recently we were rated as a strategic leader by analyst group, uh, the Fosway group, in, in their latest uh, Group 9 grid. So we're really happy with the direction that we're progressing, and we're really looking forward to continuing to support our customers uh, as they transition to uh, to hybrid working um, and uh, digital learning. And so just for those people who are listening and who might want to get in contact with you, have you got an email address that you just want to get them to be furiously scribbling down now? Yeah, I can be reached at uh, andrew.homes, that's H-O-L-M-E-S, at skillsoft.com, and happy to answer any questions with regards to the report, happy to provide a copy of that report, um, or indeed, you know, any, any broader inquiries around how you develop some of the skills that we've talked about today. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, uh, Andrew, for, for joining us today. You can, of course, uh, listen to this podcast on demand, if you like, via iTunes. We're on Stitcher and Spotify as well, so you can download that to whatever device you use it. We're also on TuneIn, so you can just tell your Alexa device to listen to the HR on the Offensive podcast, and you will find us there. Uh, Max, thank you very much for joining me once again, sir, and being my uh, my double T tag partner. Fantastic, Chris. Always a pleasure. And Andrew, great to catch up again. I look forward to a a beer soon, hopefully in person. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks ever so much for having me again, guys. Thank you very much. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Goodbye.